Say this out loud. God is getting me ready for that which he has already ready for me. Say it again. God is getting me ready for that which he has already ready for me. Amen. Amen. How's he getting us ready? We're going to look at that today. If you would turn to the eighth chapter of Romans, and we're going to be in the starting in the 26th verse. As you do, I just want to pray real quickly, and we'll get into the word. Father, thank you for thank you for utterance. Now, thank you for those who are here, those who hear now, those who will hear, those who are tuned in with us. I'm so grateful. Lord, for everyone who will receive what you have for your people. And may we all leave with everything you desire for us to leave with. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Wash us in your word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse 26, he begins uh, what we break in. With likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, or we can say himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And, if that's happening, then we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, And whom he called them, he also justified. And whom he justified them, he also glorified. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to call this the Spirit's help, the plan of God, and our destiny. The Spirit's help, the plan of God, and our destiny. We see the Spirit helping uh, where he begins here. Likewise, also, uh, he says that because he's been describing the ministry of the Spirit already earlier in the, this chapter, we've, we've, when, um, we kind of meet the Holy Spirit in Romans in this chapter. Uh, Paul, uh, just a quick overview of Romans. Paul uh, kind of removes the, he makes the announcement of that the gospel that he preaches is the power of God to salvation, and it's to everyone. But you need to, he needs to make the case that everybody needs the gospel. And so he pulls the rug out from everybody, uh, Jew and Gentile, to show you how nobody is righteous. And as soon as he has everybody with their, with their head down and their shoulders shrugged, he says, but now there is a righteousness that is available. It's the righteousness of God 
by faith in Jesus Christ. And he, he elaborates on it. He, he shows how this is not a new message that I'm bringing you. This is testified by the law and the prophets. And, and uh, he gives examples of, of Abraham and David. And he, he shows what the benefits of righteousness are. If you've been justified, if you have put faith in Jesus Christ, here's, what you, here's where you are. He says, we have access into this grace by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he deals with objections that people often make whenever he, is, whenever he preaches the gospel because he, he wrote this. This is actually a sermon. And he, uh, he deals with objections, four different questions that people tend to raise when they hear him preach the gospel the way he does. But after he finishes, that's when he brings in chapter 8, and he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And he says, here's why there's no condemnation. There's because... The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And this is the beginning of that ministry of the spirit. We meet him. He's the spirit of God. This spirit who was at the beginning at creation, who hovered over, brooded over the, the watery mass. He's the spirit who now indwells us. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, verse 11 he is the one by whom our mortal bodies are quickened. In verse 14, he's the spirit of God by whom the sons of God are continually led. Verse 15, he's the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In verse 16, he's the spirit who bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And here, verse 26, he's the spirit who helps us in our infirmities. And so, what is, so let me read that one more time for us. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. He begins there. The word helpeth is a multi-compound word in the Greek. It, it means to take hold of together with us against. That's, that's the word helpeth. To take hold of together with us against. And even if you didn't know that, just think about it. It's not a passive helping. Uh, the word help in English is, uh, involves cooperation. You know, uh, there are people, situations where people ask for help and they, because they can't do something on their own. But this is a helping where, if, uh, for example, if I ask somebody to move a desk, but then I sat down and let them move it, well, that's not helping. That would be me asking them to do it for me, but helping is I'm going to do it, and I need someone to assist me in doing it. And so this prayer spoken of here the, the, that he mentions in this verse, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Uh, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. So he's helping us pray and taking hold together with us against our infirmities. 
Uh, infirmities, we, you notice that's in the plural. And so uh, this could refer to any, uh, many infirmities uh, that we might be inclined to pray about. Uh, Rick Renner has this description of the word infirmities. He, he says it describes a crippling disease, a mental oppression, a recurring plague, which is terminal and incurable. So whatever infirmity, if it, if it can be that extreme, it could be any weakness. But what would we, what would we do? Our inclination is to pray for it. But this says, uh, Paul says here, the Spirit helps us for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. How many of you know you don't know everything? <laughs> We, we've learned a lot. We, we hear the word. We have the best going here in central Virginia in, in, this, in this church. But we still need the spirit. We need this ministry of the spirit. And it says that he himself, I love that, him, he himself maketh intercession. This one that he's been describing, this is God himself. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And groanings, it's, it's since he's helping, we're praying, he's helping, we would include in this praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. And there's also, but there are groanings also in the spirit. And we see examples where Jesus groaned in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there taking hold together with him against what he was facing. And so that's a helpful image, isn't it, to have in mind when, you, when you're praying in the Spirit. The, the Spirit, he, he's working something out. And so what are we praying about? He goes further. He says, the, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. This is verse 27. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. All right. Now, uh, I want to point out here that there's an exclusive group here that he's doing this for. Uh, it's been said that Jesus is God's gift to the world. But the Holy Spirit is his gift to the church. And so this is God's gift to us. He knows we need this. We need someone making intercession for us according to the will of God. Uh, that word, uh, just to go back to 26 for a moment, he says that, that these groanings cannot be uttered. The groanings are what the Holy Spirit brings before the throne. There are groanings. There are our tongues. There are prayers that we bring. Uh, we're praying according to the will of God. And it says groanings which cannot be uttered. Literally in the original language, it's groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And so this would be, this would be something that we're saying, obviously, we... Uh, English, our native language for most of us, is, uh, would be articulate speech. But this is beyond our mind. 
And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so you know that we're, we're all confident that we are praying the will of God with his help. Uh, sometimes the Spirit of God will, will prompt me to pray, and I'll just see an image of myself uh, doing something. Uh, I'll, I'll be going about my, my day, and I'll suddenly see myself kneeling. In those moments, uh, what I've learned is go ahead and kneel, whatever position. If I'm in the, the bedroom and I'm, I see myself kneeling at the bed, I'll just right then and there go ahead and do that. And even if I don't know what to pray, words come. Just, just getting in that position. Uh, I've learned also there's times when uh, some person's face will come to mind. I won't know why. Um, there's been times when that's happened, I didn't do anything, and then I found out later the person passed. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't say that I'm, I'm at fault. <laughs> but, but the Spirit may have been looking for someone to pray. He, he wants to pass something through and uh, get something in, into the earth over to that person. And so I've, I've learned I've learned uh, what that could mean. And, and, and maybe it's nothing. Um, maybe they're doing something. They need to stop doing it, you know. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we're sensitive, and we're the ones who've received this spirit. And so he's in us for a reason. Praise the Lord. So we pray. He helps. It's not a passive helping. We're praying as well. And he's praying, uh, we're praying for infirmities. These, are, these could be uh, prayers to, to get us on the plan, of, to get us back on track, to get us, uh, uh, to get us, to keep us on track, to help us avoid a pitfall. Verse 28, with, with, this, with this help, he says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28 has been called by some the greatest verse in scripture. But I, I am, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if it's the favorite, if, if it's um, the greatest verse to most people for the right reason. Because if you set that by itself, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called to his purpose, it sounds like no matter what I do, no matter what I don't do, it's going to work out together. If I sit and watch TV all day, the plan of God is being worked out because all things... <laughs> And we can say all things means all things. Um, if, I, if I never overcome that addiction, all things work together for good. Uh, you keep reading, you realize, uh, you realize that where he goes from here, he, he spans out into eternity to talk about salvation from God's perspective, what took place. And you see how he ends the process with we, we were glorified. 
And so you could, you could take it all the way and say, Here, here's what that verse means. It means that it doesn't matter uh, how, hard I, I, how hard I work, if, whether I serve God, whether I go to church. It doesn't matter if I, if I witness, if I, uh, whatever I do, uh, I'll, I'll be glorified anyway. Praise God. <laughs> and, um, and, and God is merciful. He is merciful. But the Christian life, well, first of all, that's not the purpose of this, this verse, of these words. But the Christian life, that's not the description of the Christian life. That's not what it looks like. Uh, certainly not what God set us up for. That's not why we have the position. That's not why we have the spirit to live in, in defeat and to live less than. Um, when you start thinking about the things God gives, gives us in, in this, this day that we live in, that this new covenant, you, you start to wonder, who am I that you did this for me? Who, who does God think we are? Why does he give us this destiny? Why does it turn out like this? And you realize, uh, I'm supposed to be on top. I'm supposed to be reigning in life. Life is not supposed to be reigning over me. I'm supposed to be more than a conqueror. Uh, The Spirit, he's for us. And so, this is not a verse, a comfort verse for passive people. So, unfortunately, when you deal with some verses, you got to say what it doesn't mean before you get to what it does mean. This uh, one, one clue that you can't isolate it is because it begins with a conjunction, and. You ever go up to somebody and start talking and say, and? <laughs> <laughs> so what's he been talking about up to this time? <clears throat> He's been talking about the, how the Spirit helps us in our infirmities, he, how he does it, we pray, and he helps, and he knows the will of God, and he, so he prays these perfect prayers for us. He takes our case before the Father, makes intercession, and you know that whatever he says is going to be right on. And so, and as it says in John, if we pray according to his will, we have the request that we ask of him. And <laughs> we know. So you could say, and with that happening, if all of that is happening, then we know that all things work together for good to who? To them that love God. How many love God here tonight? <clears throat> to them who are the called according to his purpose. How many have answered the call of God? And this is that general call to all, all creation, all mankind, to come uh, to, be, to receive salvation. All, all people are called. But if you answer the call and say yes, you become the called. And that's who we are. Praise God. We know that all things work together for good, to them, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. 
And what is his purpose? His purpose can be um, also understood as his plan. What is his plan? He elaborates on it uh, grand scale in the next verse. What is God up to? Now, he's, he's, his plan is present tense, but his plan is also far off. It's, there's a, a telescopic view, if you will, in verse 29 and 30. But uh, in the present tense, we're, we're on our way somewhere. Uh, we've been talking about this. Is, we've been talking um, this year. Our theme has been blessings, breakthroughs and blessings. Is that right? How many of you have seen some breakthroughs? Okay. All right. How about some blessings? All right. You know, we're blessed. <laughs> and one of the meanings of that word blessed is to go forward. To go forward, like Isaac, he went forward. And you're blessed, that means you've gone forward in your life. But the plan of God is for you, for me, for all of us. Every believer, every person who is in Christ, who loves God, who's called to go forward in our lives. But like I mentioned, there are pitfalls. There are weaknesses. We have infirmities. We have, um, a lot of us, uh, we may have some hurts and some things that trip us up. The Holy Spirit knows about those weaknesses. He cares about you. He cares about us. And he's here to help us. Somebody tell me again, where is the Holy Spirit? Inside. Yeah. Really? He's inside you? The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is inside you? Wow. <laughs> well, he helps us fulfill the plan of God. He helps us uh, through twists and turns, bumps and bruises, things that happen to us along the way, even our decisions that we make, wrong decisions. He steers course, I've had the Lord uh, in times of, of praying, extended times of praying in tongues. I, I didn't know what I was saying, but then uh, suddenly, uh, and it might be an hour, it might be even the next day, I'll just all of a sudden start praying some prayers in English. And I say, why am I praying that? And it's like I'm getting the interpretation of, the, of that. One time, I, it was, Lord, make me more teachable. Make me more correctable. You know, I discovered as, as nice as I am, <clears throat> there's some people that I have a hard time receiving from. Teaching, instruction, correction. And, and it could be for different reasons. Maybe they're, they're younger than me. Uh, maybe... Uh, I don't like the way they carry themselves. And, uh, but I, I want to go forward. And if they're in the body of Christ, they're a, they're a, a body part that's closest to me. And so there might be something I need to, to get over in order to receive what, he, what God has for them to give me that only if I could do it, if I could receive it, I could go forward in that area 
God's patient. You know, if you can't receive it, he'll get somebody you can receive it from, but it might take some time. But he'd have you get there sooner. And so praying about those infirmities, those hang-ups, <laughs> he, he would have you surpass that, get around those mental obstructions so that you can get to your destiny, get to the next place. And so he, he tells me um, things to pray. I, I call those course-correcting prayers, course-directing prayers. Uh, change course, get where you need to go. It could be something preventative as well. <clears throat> All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Praise the Lord. And then he says, we know, contrasted with in 26, he says, we know not. With the Spirit's help, we know. And so we know, well, how, how do we know that all things work together for good? Here's another perspective. He, he says, look in eternity past. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. All right, for, foreknow, foreknowledge, that's a big word. Predestination, a big word, unfortunately controversial word. Foreknowledge simply means that God knows something in advance. And since it's a, it says whom he did foreknow, this is a person. These are people that he foreknew. Unfortunately, this has become the known as the Calvinist verse because the word predestination is there. And it's not that. It's not that. God is not, God didn't single out a certain group of individuals. Unfortunately, as is taught, and here I go again, I have to tell you what it doesn't mean before I can get to what it does mean. But this is, this is not, um, this is not God uh, singling out individuals and saying, uh, you for heaven, you for hell, uh, you for heaven, uh, sorry, not you. And, and that, that's, not what's go that's not predestination. Um, and they have reasons why they, say that, why they argue that. Um, I try not to get in those conversations anymore because uh, uh, these people, you know, predestination is good news. And the people who argue are mad about it. If you ever try to get in an argument with a Calvinist, uh, it'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. Because, you know, that's a brother that they, they just believe what they believe. And they're, they're passionate about it. But, but if you say it's not true, they get mad. And anyway, uh, none of the, probably nobody is here. And so I'm preaching about something for somebody who's not here. Let, let's get back to what the, the message is. Uh, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed. Predestination is basically about ending up at a certain place, and you know about it ahead of time, like a, like a bus ticket that you have. 
you could look at it that way, or a plane ride. Uh, there's, a, a, there's a marked out destination that you're going to end up at. And so you get on the plane. You can change your mind uh, up until that point. Uh, but uh, once you get on, that's where you're headed. And so God predestined an, a plan that here's what everybody who loves God, who's called according to his purpose, they answer the call. Here's where you end up. Where do you end up? He continues. He predestined, pre, uh, he also did predestinate them to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Uh, this, is, this is a wonderful, God is the ultimate example of seed time and harvest here. He's going to have multiple Jesuses in eternity. He says that each of us are, are predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, Jesus said when some Greeks came to see him, they said, we would see Jesus and he said, unless this corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And so God's going to get a crop of Jesus's. <laughs> and you don't lose your identity just because you're conformed to the same image. In fact, you find your uniqueness. Uh, the, the in Christ message, the in Christ identity, uh, even though the same thing is said about all of us, we're all sons of God, we're all righteousness of God, we're all seated in heavenly places. You say the same thing that applies to everybody. But that, that you don't lose your uniqueness when you cling to that. You find that when your lifestyle reflects those truths, the reflection is dynamic. You find your uniqueness. Because see, if we respond to life situations, when we respond according to the natural, you're responding like everybody else. That makes you a statistic. That makes you like everybody else. Well, I'm just human. <laughs> But if you, if you let Christ within you rise up, you're unique. And throughout eternity, you will be unique. You just look like Jesus. Praise the Lord. That's good news. That he, so he's the firstborn among many brethren. Say this out loud. Say, I am one of Jesus's. Many brethren. Many brethren. Yes. And sistren, if you're going to include that too. <laughs> and and uh, many brethren. Many brethren. The disciples asked the Lord, Lord, are there few that be saved? This says many. Many brethren. God's going to get a crop of Jesus's. Praise the Lord. And he's not done. Moreover, 
Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. This is a general call. Uh, God planned where they would end up, and then he called out to humanity. And those who received the call and answered and said yes, they were justified. Justified, that's the point of salvation. So we're at this point right now in salvation history, right between justification and glorified. But we're on that plane. And we know what, where we end up. Gloryville. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And seeing it from that perspective is helpful for the, for the mind. I, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to, to look and get a, an image of what that looks like. Glory, glorified. Uh, Jesus looked like it after he was raised from the dead. He was a glorified, resurrected man. And he could walk through walls. He could still eat food in that body. We're, we're going to end up there. And uh, I don't, I don't want to say too much. Sometimes uh, I talk about it, or, and it tends to degrade it. Because this is, it's beyond. It's beyond us. Too wonderful, as David said. Too, such thoughts are too wonderful for me. But we will end up there, and it's going to be good. Uh, I can tell you sort of what it'll be like by the infirmities that, that bother us now. Imagine yourself without those. So. Right now, just what, everybody close your eyes. And just for a moment, see yourself, just you right now. See yourself clothed in white. It could, be a, it could be a robe of white, a coat, pure white. White, that's the, that's the color of purity. The Lord said through Isaiah, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Though they be like crimson, they shall be as white as snow. So you know white is what's underneath the sin. You're in white and see yourself walking toward the throne. You're approaching and you're going to the throne and Jesus is sitting up on the throne. He's the one who died for you who makes intercession, who made all provision for you. Now look over to his, to his left, your right, and look at the Father. And you see his approval. See his smile. Can you see it? Someone might say, I'm trying. Uh, keep, keep trying. What do you look like? Jesus invites you to his seat. He says, sit with me. 
What do you look like up there? All right, you can open your eyes. What did you see? I'll tell you what I saw. I saw. I saw no anxiety. I saw myself with no furrowed brow. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I saw myself with no fear. There's, there's no, I saw total confidence. Totally free. That's our destiny. Just a glimpse. I saw myself sitting at the throne and I, I, I really, I saw a king. I saw a son of God. We understand our identity by our destiny and we understand our destiny by our identity. But you're no different right now. If we, if we take it by faith, you can be that way now. I, I, I believe it's begun happening already in, in all of us. I know it's been happening because all of us have said we've seen breakthroughs. We've seen blessings. That we've moved forward. So you've moved closer to this conformity to the image of the sun. I want to end just by a time of, of prayer because there are situations as we, as, and just as, and as we sing that song again, Holy Spirit, I want to give you an opportunity, all of us, just to pray. Maybe the Lord would lead you in a course-correcting prayer. Maybe just to pray for someone else. If you bring someone to mind, uh, pray for them. Pray with your understanding. Pray in the Spirit. Just a few moments, right before we go.